It's time to preach the fantasy gospel coming up right now. Welcome into the Fantasy Gospel Podcast. My name is Michael Yohara, and I will be solo potting for this episode. It's been quite some time since we released a podcast, so I knew this is long overdue. And I wanted to bring up some hitters, uh, at least in the last 30 days, that I have my eyes on and who are making some uh, waves, at least in the metrics department. So let's get started without further ado. I'm going to be talking, like I said, hitters only in this episode. We'll be talking about uh, some names like Jorge Soler, Robbie Grossman, Ryan Mountcastle, Lamont Wade Jr., Jace Peterson. I also want to highlight Max Kepler. Uh, I want to throw a shout out to Joey Votto and one of my favorite players for the rest of season production, uh, White Sox first baseman outfielder Andrew Vaughn. So first I want to start with Robbie Grossman. He's someone we've targeted and highlighted on the Fantasy Gospel Twitter account. Uh, at least in the last 30 days, like I said, most of these guys I'm going to be talking about the last 30 days and why they're catching my eye in that span. Uh, for Robbie Grossman, last 30 days, he has a 22.1% walk rate that leads 165 qualified hitters in Major League Baseball uh, for a walk rate. And uh, this year as a whole, he has a career-best 8.7% barrel rate and a career-best walk rate. So uh, just talking and uh, narrowing down to the last 30 days, Robbie Grossman, 46% rostered in Yahoo Leagues. He has 59 batted ball events. And in that span, the last 30 days, he has a near 20, I'm sorry, near 12% barrel rate. Uh, he also has a 392 on base percent. And what might be most shocking is his 196 batting average on balls in place. So when you're barreling of the ball nearly 12% of the time, uh, you're almost guaranteed to have a BABIP that is much better than 196. And uh, don't forget that BABIP does not take into account home runs, batting average on balls in play. Uh, it's basically just plays within the fences, so home runs will not be counted in that metric. In the last 30 days, Robbie Grossman, 336 expected batting average and a 623 expected slug. Uh, he has six home runs, 14 runs scored, and 12 RBIs in the last 30 days. Uh, you know, it's very shocking that uh, he is only 46% rostered, but I think as uh, he sees his batting average improve, we're going to see more Robbie Grossman ads in leagues across the board. It's also worth mentioning he has four stolen bases in the last 30, 30 days uh, on six stolen base attempts. So he's been moving around the lineup a lot, third, fourth, first in the batting order, and he's still running wherever he's at. So he represents a great power speed combo guy. You can go ahead and target in your leagues. For the last 30 days in Robbie Grossman, that covers 25 games and 104 plate appearances. The strikeout to walk rate for Grossman, he's striking out about 20% of the time, walking about 22% of the time. So he's walking more than he's striking out, which is something you love to see. 
and uh, with his speed when he gets on base, you know, that's definitely an asset that's going to help you out, especially those head-to-head categories leagues. And uh, even Roto, obviously, he's going to give you the counting stats that you need. Uh, obviously, the Tigers kind of limits his upside a little bit, but, you know, despite the team context, Grossman's been putting up a lot of numbers. Like I said, 14 runs scored, 6 homers, 12 RBIs. Uh, if he's going to be hitting third or fourth, he's going to be driving in more runs in theory. So that could uh, improve there. But uh, what really grabs my attention with Robbie Grossman is that he is running no matter where he's hitting. So, you know, like I said, uh, walking 22% of the time the last 30 days, getting on base, he's got the career best 8.7% barrel rate this year, as I mentioned. Uh, in the last 30 days, that's definitely going to carry over, I believe, because uh, we're seeing a different hitter. The only hesitation I have with Grossman, and that might hold back his batting average as he's, he's pulling the ball a lot more in the last 30 days, about 50% of the time. So that could help explain the low Babbitt, but at the same time, uh, there's a lot of upside here. I think more people, more so than people believe, and Robbie Grossman someone I really would target, and I would say, you know, even 10-team leagues are deeper, especially uh, given that stolen base floor for Robbie Grossman. And I wouldn't be surprised to see at least five and five home runs and stolen bases that is rest of the season. I think maybe even, maybe I'm being greedy here, but 10 and five, you know, rest of the season. I think that'll play in a lot of formats. So we can expect the batting average to get a little bit better than what it was in the last 30 days. Uh, I know with Robbie Grossman, uh, 205 batting average in the last 30 is not really great, but you know, like I said, that 196 Babbitt could definitely improve, especially with how hard he's hitting the ball uh, rel relative to his career. So I think maybe a 240 average is not out of the question, and the counting stats are why you're adding Robbie Grossman. So. Moving on to Jorge Soler. This podcast was recorded on Monday, July 26th. So the stats that I'm including in all of these players will not include today's stats on the 26th of July. So for Jorge Soler in the last 30 days, 79 plate appearances, 56 batted ball events, 90 mile per hour average exit velocity on those 56 batted ball events. Uh, just looking only strictly at batted balls events, he has a 349 expected batting average and a 705 expected slug. Jorge Soler does so. That's incredible. And uh, why I think even better days are ahead for Jorge Soler, I will get into that later. But in the last 30 days, Soler 14.3% fail rate. Anything 10% or above is elite, so 14% well above that mark. The last 30 days for Jorge Soler, not including today's day, a two-home run game from Soler on Monday, July 26th. Before today, Jorge Soler entered with five home runs, 12 runs, and six RBI. That might be 16. My notes are a little scribbly here, but uh, regardless, you know, those RBI totals will improve. And that is because he received a lineup promotion. Uh, he is now hitting fourth in that Royals lineup, where he was hitting seventh or eighth in the batting order. So hitting fourth, he's going to see more run-producing opportunities. 
So that six or 16 RBIs, uh, I apologize for not giving you uh, an exact number here, the accurate number, but we can expect the RBI potential to greatly improve by being upgraded to the four spot that batting order. So with Soler, 14.3% barrel rate in the last 30 days. Uh, like I mentioned uh, with Robbie Grossman, who I failed to mention has nearly 12% barrel rate in the last 30 days. Robbie Grossman does. Soler has an even better barrel rate, 14.3% in the last 30 days. For Soler and the same span, similar to Robbie Grossman, sub 200 batting average on balls in play. For Jorge Soler, it is 196. And when you're barreling the ball 14% of the time, you can definitely expect that batting average on balls in play or the BABIP to greatly improve. So some positive regression for Soler's BABIP, in my opinion. And why I think that 349 expecting batting average on batted ball events is even greater is because for Jorge Soler last 30 days, just below an 18% strikeout rate, when you compare that 18% strikeout rate to the season as a whole, Soler's 2021 mark is a 26.7% strikeout rate. So nearly 10% better strikeout rate. And if he's striking out less, putting more balls on play, and he has an excellent barrel rate, you know, I think we can absolutely expect that Babbitt to improve. And in line with that will be the batting average. So he's definitely... Uh, I mean, lately he's improved his stock, but he was at a rock bottom probably about two weeks ago. So Jorge Soler is someone I'm targeting, uh, prioritizing, I should say, if my team needs home runs in 10-team leagues or deeper. Uh, with Soler, he also has an 11.4% walk rate in the last 30 days. That's definitely going to improve his overall potential to score the runs. Uh, Soler only had a uh, walk rate on the season of, I want to say, 8%. So he's improved his walk rates overall in the last 30 days. Soler right now waiting to pull up the season-long walk rate. That is 10.5, so I was wrong. But walking about 1% of the time more, that's not why you're adding Jorge Soler. You're adding him because he's striking out less. The barrel rate is ex excellent. And uh, that lineup promotion is going to see more run-producing opportunities. So... In addition to the two home runs today, if he's going to see more run-producing opportunities, you can expect, uh, I would say, probably, I would be greedy here and say 10 rest of the season home runs from Soler. He's going to see more guys on base ahead of him in theory, so you can definitely get a lot more juice out of that squeeze for Jorge Soler. His 40% roster in Yahoo League. So if your team needs stolen bases, I would prioritize Grossman, but if you're just looking for power and RBIs, Go ahead and give Soler the nod over Robbie Grossman. Next, I want to move on to Ryan Minecastle. The last 30 days, he caught my eye because he also has a sub-200 Babbitt. For Mountcastle, it's at 189. Uh, the reason why I really like Mountcastle rest of the season, on the season as a whole, Mountcastle has a 28% strikeout rate. The last 30 days, he's knocked that down to 22%, while nearly doubling his walk rate. 12.4% walk rate for Mountcastle in the last 30 days, 6% on the season as a whole. So just honing in on Mountcastle in those last 30 days, that covers 89 plate appearances. 
57 batted ball events. Mountcastle has a 299 expected batting average, 531 expected slug, and uh, he's batting in a favorable position in that Orioles batting order to drive in some runs. So with that positive regression in the BABIP for Mountcastle, I think that there is definitely a lot more rest of season value than maybe owners are feeling you know, over the last two, three weeks. Because he did hit a little bit of a slump, but since the All-Star break, he's had a two home runs and uh, looking a lot better, hitting fourth and third in the batting order there. So I do like Mountcastle. I would say in 12-team leagues or deeper, if you're looking for stolen bases, he's not your guy. But uh, I think he gives you a pretty good floor. And like I mentioned, with Solaire and with Mountcastle now, hitting third or fourth in the batting order is going to give him more at-bats overall. When you think about the lineup turning over, the top guys see more plate appearances. And for Mountcastle, I think you could see more run-producing opportunities. So Mountcastle is not too much of a priority compared to Grossman or Solaire. But I do like Mountcastle to give you a nice batting average cushion. And seeing the improvement in the strikeout rate for Mountcastle gives me optimism rest of the season that, you know, the 250 batting average that he has currently can definitely get, maybe we'll say 270 to 280 rest of the season. So some value there. You know, you have to be the judge. You know your league best in the settings for your league. So don't want to spend too much time on Mountcastle, but we'll move on to Lamont Wade Jr. He's definitely caught fire in the last 30 days. Uh, if you look at his plate appearance total in the last 30 days, that's about half the last 30 days of his total plate appearances. So I really like what we see from Lamont Wade Jr. lately. It's also an extremely attractive ad, in my opinion, because he is leading off. So when we talk about batting order and uh, the importance of that and seeing more plate appearances, if you're leading off, you're going to see the most plate appearances compared to a guy hitting maybe six, seven, or eighth in the lineup. So for Lamont Wade Jr. and the entire season, 10.5% barrel rate. That 10% mark I said I like a lot. I consider that elite. Uh, for Lamont Wade Jr., also 91.2 mile per hour average exit velocity. Uh, when we talk and focus in the last 30 days for Lamont Wade Jr., that's 76 plate appearances, 47 batted ball events. He actually has a 17% barrel rate compared to that 10.5% on the season. So Lamont Wade Jr. barreling the ball really well lately. He has a 397 expected batting average, 874 expected slug, and a 91.7 mile per hour average exit velocity. That almost mirrors his season mark, but the barrel rate greatly improves. 17% is absolutely elite, and only a 25% strikeout rate. The league average is about 23, 24%, so it's not like he's you know, due for a huge drop in that batting average. Uh, it's about league average, and he has an 11.8% walk rate, Wade Jr. does in the last 30 days. So something that really stands out to me about Wade Jr. is 237 BABIP. When you're bailing the ball 17% of the time, just like I said with Solaire, you're definitely guaranteed to see that BABIP improve, positive regression there. One thing that I did notice for Lamont Wade Jr. in the last 30 days, a 38% homer to fly ball rate. Obviously, that's not sustainable, but if he is bailing the ball, at least we'll meet in the middle between 10.5 and 17. We'll call it 13.5, 14% barrel rate. You're absolutely going to have a homer to fly ball rate that's going to be above 20%, I would guess, you know, without any empirical data to back that up. That's just a gut feeling. 
I would say 20, 25% homer to fly ball rate is definitely reasonable rest of season. And in the last 30 days, uh, Wade Jr. has eight home runs, 12 runs scored, 16 RBIs. He's playing on a Giants team that scores a lot of runs. They're in the thick of things with the Dodgers and the NL West. So you can expect Lamont Wade Jr. to continue hitting leadoff as soon as he's, as long as he's hitting this well. And the counting stats will definitely follow. Maybe not so much the RBIs, but the home runs. Uh, you know, just the batting average floor for Lamont Wade Jr. I think is very safe. And uh, I think he should be absolutely rostered more than 11% of Yahoo League. So Lamont Wade Jr. doesn't steal a lot of bases, but he does have one in the last 30 days. It's not why you're adding him. You're adding him for the home runs, for the runs scored, and for the batting average. So absolutely 12 team, 12 team leagues are deeper. He's a must-add. And in the 10-team league, you know, it really just depends on 10 uh, team needs at that point. But Wade Jr. represents a very safe rest-of-season ad. 11% is criminal for what he's been doing the last 30 days. I don't expect the home run binge. Like I mentioned, that 38% homer to fly ball rate is likely to regress. But if he's hitting home runs 25% of the time, you know, that's definitely going to be great on top of the high batting average because he is barreling ball so, so well. And when he is putting wood on the ball, putting balls in play, he does have a 397 expected batting average in the last 30 days. So sure, it is a small sample size, but, you know, on the season as a whole, 10% barrel rate, 91% or 91 mile per hour average exit velocity. That's really hard to ignore in my opinion. So. Not a sexy name, but one who can absolutely produce for your team, especially leading off for that team in the Giants. Next player I want to get to is Jace Peterson. He is 23% rostered. This is a guy, if you do need speed, and you're willing to sacrifice a little bit of the batting average, you know, he's someone I think you can get and add to your team. My only concern with Jace Peterson is he has sat uh, in the last few days here. So that's something you want to monitor, I think. Uh, but he does offer you positional versatility. In Yahoo, he's first, second, third base, and outfield eligible. Uh, Peterson has sat in three of the last five Brewers games. So that's a little bit of a concern. But when I did take a look in his last two games that he sat, Peterson is a left-handed hitter. He sat once against a left-handed pitcher and sat once against a righty. So I think... Uh, you know, that's something to monitor, but if you're in a deep league team, a deep league, perhaps 14 teams or deeper, he's someone you want to target, especially given his speed floor. So with Jace Peterson, the last 30 days, that covers 88 plate appearances, 57 batted ball events. Peterson has a 317 expected batting average, a 537 expected slug. He's also only striking out for about 15% of the time while walking above 18% of the time. Worth mentioning in the last 30 days for Peterson, he has a 304 batting average and a 339 BABIP. So 339 is a little high depending on the player. But one of the things that I look for when I'm looking at a batting average is the line drive rate. And Peterson in the last 30 days, 23% line drive rate. And anything above 20% to me is great. Uh, Especially when you're, if you're only hitting fly balls, 
it's very likely, I don't know how much percent of time, but I'll just say half the time you're hitting a fly ball that's going to go, you know, 200 feet and it's going to be an easy out. So if you're lowering that launch angle and the ball's in play and you're hitting line drives, they're more likely to fall down for hits than a fly ball overall. So with Peterson at 23% line drive rate, I think that's excellent to prop up the batting average. So the 304 average might be too high, but I think 280 uh, is absolutely doable for Jace Peterson. It's also worth pointing out, like I mentioned earlier with Jace Peterson, the speed that you might need. Five stolen bases in the last 30 days, zero caught stealing. So he gives you some power, a little bit of power, but he gives you a lot of speed, gives you a great on-base percent, 432 on-base percent on base percent for Jace Peterson the last 30 days. You know, when you're on base and you have speed and you're willing to run like Peterson has been over the last 30 days, that's going to improve and increase your stolen base opportunities. So I could definitely see maybe five and I'll be bold and say 10 stolen bases rest of the season. You know, uh, that 14, we'll call it 15% strikeout rate for Jace Peterson the last 30 days, we compare that to about 22% strikeout rate in the last, the entire season. Uh, that's significantly improved, about 6 7% better. Uh, the walk rate is slightly above what his season mark is, but, you know, he's walking more than he's striking out. That's something I also love to see there. And uh, we see an improved sprint speed from Jace Peterson this year as a whole. And that's another reason why I believe that speed floor is so high. So 23% roster, Jace Peterson for the Milwaukee Brewers. Probably going to give you about five home runs rest of the season. And I'll say maybe seven to ten stolen bases. So head-to-head, uh, -head, you know, he's probably, depending on the, the league format, like if it's an on-base on percent format, absolutely someone you want to grab in 12 teams or deeper. If it's only batting average, uh, Given the concerns of him sitting lately, I would probably wait and see in a 12-team or 10-team league. But 14 or deeper, I'm absolutely taking a dive. Peterson's, you know, been one of the few performers on that team. And with the speed, you know, that's an invaluable asset that he brings to the table. So, Jace Peterson, someone I've added on my own in a couple of Roto Leagues a couple weeks ago. And uh, he was hot. Uh, you know, probably about a week ago, the last week, things have kind of cooled, but, you know, given his last 30 days, I really like what I'm seeing, and I think that he's someone to monitor. Probably if you're triaging this group of hitters I'm about to expand on, Peterson might not be the, the highest priority, but because of that speed floor, he does offer, you know, a lot of upside relative to some guys who can't steal bases, and if that's something that you need, and Jace Peterson, someone to at least monitor closely, if not add in 12 or 14 team leagues or deeper. Next hitter I want to get to, Rugnet Odor, who is riding a seven-game hit streak, including today, Monday, July 26th. That will be his seventh game with a hit consecutively. So taking out... Today, Monday's performance, last 30 days for Odor, that covers 58 plate appearances, 37 battle ball events. He has four home runs, 11 runs scored, 12 RBIs. Also, this is not a typo. This is a note that I had to check a couple times just to make sure it was accurate. 283 average 
333 on base percent and a 566 slug. Why that 283 batting average jumped out at me in the last 30 days for Odor, a 29% strikeout rate, only a 5% walk rate. That's not great, obviously, but he is 309 expected batting average on those 37 bat ball events with a 532 expected slug. So that does support the 283 and the 566 batting average and slug, respectively. And the reason why I think Odor has some value is because he does have the opportunity to hit third or fourth in the Yankees lineup, which he's been doing lately. So that's definitely great for his fantasy value. As long as he's hitting in the heart of the order, he's someone that you want to add, I would say, in a 12-team, preferably Roto 15-team league or deeper. But if you need home runs and you need RBIs, as long as Odor is hitting there, as long as he's you know, not hitting the ball on the ground, like I will allude to later on. That's something that's going to play. In the last 30 days for Odor, I think it's also worth mentioning only a 5.4% barrel rate compared to an 8.4% barrel rate in 2021 on the season. So in my opinion, there is positive regression in that barrel rate. That could definitely help fight off that high strikeout rate when it comes to regression in the batting average. If he's going to barrel more balls up in the future, it's okay if he's striking out nearly 30% of the time because that 283 batting average, instead of falling to, say, 220, maybe we can call it 250 rest of season. So with the ground ball rate, like I said, last 30 days for Odor, 30.5%. And overall this year, 36% ground ball rate. So if he's lifting the ball more and he does barrel the ball more, we can expect more home runs and or line drives, in theory, that is. So the reason I believe in theory is because in the last 30 days for Odor, 21% line drive rate compared to a 17.5% line drive rate on the season. So it does look like he's hitting more line drives as of late than the last 30 days. That's going to help fight off that strikeout rate uh, and regression in the batting average. It's also worth noting for Odor, his average exit velocity is down compared to the season as a whole. You know, for doing the last 30 days, the exit velocity is down. I think, obviously, we know his power, so that average exit velocity should improve. And uh, that's why I think in a 14-team league or deeper, he's someone that you can definitely take a flyer on rest of the season. Only 4% rostered, Rugnet Odor is. Uh, but, uh, you know, if we can see a lot of the things like the strikeout rate improve, the barrel rate improve, the ground ball rate in the last 30 days, about 30% stay the same or roughly the same. The line drive rate stay above 20% compared to the below 18% line drive rate Odor has on this season. I think those are all indicators that we can definitely see a strong rest of the season finish. Like I said, the 283 average obviously jumps out. That's not sustainable given his profile, but I think maybe 250, 260 with about five to 10 home runs. 15, 20 RBIs, rest of the season, I think that uh, I, would lot of, I would play in a lot of formats. So, Next player I want to get to is Max Kepler. I'm not going to spend too much time on him because he has been playing so well lately. He's probably been scooped up in a lot of competitive formats, but if he's still available, Max Kepler, uh, outfielder for the Twins, also the subject of trade rumors. So he's someone, if he sees a change in venues, I could see him improving uh, 
just based on the twins ballpark dimension so it's a little bit tougher to play in uh, but for kepler if he moves to a more hitter friendly venue that would obviously bump up his value as well for kepler last 30 days 59 batted ball events on the season before i get to last 30 days kepler has a 12 percent throw rate last 30 days for max kepler 17 percent barrel rate so he's really scoring up some balls he has a 367 expected batting average and a 710 expected slug in the last 30 days. It's also funny that he's only a 250 batting average on balls in play the last 30 days. So we can absolutely expect that Babbitt to improve, assuming that he holds the barrel rate above, we'll call it 15%. That's roughly halfway point, 14, 15%. Also for Kepler, a 20% strikeout rate. In the last 30 days, compared to the 8% walk rate, about 23, 24% is league average strikeout. So Kepler's better than league average in that metric. So I think that he definitely has a lot of rest, rest of season value, and most especially if he gets moved at this trade deadline, which he is expected to based on the indications of Twins being sellers. And Kepler is only rostered in 47% of leagues. Not someone I'm targeting for stolen bases, but for home runs, RBIs, and uh, obviously where he hits right now leading off for the Twins, that could change, but if he does hit more in a run-producing position and batting orders for his future team, you know, we can definitely expect some home runs and some RBIs rest of the season. I think uh, Kepler is someone who's been forgotten about, but uh, maybe not so much the last two, three weeks for Kepler because he has been swinging a hot bat, but you know, sub 50% ownership level in Yahoo leagues. I think that a lot of people have given up on him and he's someone who's out there. Joey Votto, I want to give a shout out to barreling uh, balls up left and right. He is 42% uh, owned in Yahoo leagues. So if you need a first baseman, he's absolutely someone I would prioritize among this list of hitters. It was easy to think that he was washed up after last year, but especially in the last 30 days, Votto has been playing much, much better. So someone I would prioritize just for the floor. I want to move on to 40% rostered Andrew Vaughn. He is the last player in this grouping of hitters I'm going to be talking about for this podcast. And I think that he's someone rest of season who absolutely has a massive rest of season return on investment. 40% rostered for Andrew Vaughn, like I said, last 30 days, 69 batted ball events, a 332 expected batting average, a 615 expected slug, 91 mile per hour average exit velocity. And I've added Andrew Vaughn in a couple places already, uh, probably about a couple weeks ago after looking under the hood. And he's just done very well since I did add him. So. The league average is 6.5% barrel rate. Sorry, I didn't mention that with any of the other players, but Vaughn, about 4% better barrel rate compared to the league average hitter. Last 30 days for Vaughn, 338 batting average, 368 on base, 613 slug. That 338 and 613 slug almost mirror the 332 expected batting average and the 613 expected slug mark. So really hard to say there's a regression coming. Also in the last 30s for Andrew Vaughn, one of the reasons I really am targeting him heavily and prioritizing him for the season, Andrew Vaughn's strikeout to walk rates 
23% strikeout to 7% walk. Last 30 days for Vaughn, 15% strikeout rate, about a 4.5% walk rate. I'm definitely willing to trade that walk rate, even though it's worse than the overall season. That about 8% improvement in the strikeout rate, that's going to result in more balls in play. He is hitting the crap out of these balls, 91 mile per hour average exit velocity. We're going to see a lot more balls in play than what he was doing with the 23% strikeout rate as a whole. And with that, he does have the elite zone contact to back that up. On the season, it's about 89, 90%. So the last 30 days with a 15% strikeout rate, I would guess that zone contact rate is even more elite. So for Vaughn, the last 30 days, five home runs, 12 runs scored, 12 RBIs. I'm so sorry, five home runs, 14 runs scored, 12 RBIs. And it looks like for Vaughn, he's hitting fourth today on Monday, July 26th. That is with the addition of Eloy Jimenez. So if they're putting Vaughn in more of a run producing position, then I would be uh, expecting a ton of RBI opportunities. And uh, with the way he's hitting the ball, striking out less, we can expect a high batting average. And I do really like him for some power. I think five to 10 home runs rest of the season is not out of the question. And uh, I actually misspoke there with the hitting fourth in the batting average order uh, with the addition of Eloy. It looks like today on the 26th, he's hitting second. And I still think that's great because he's going to hit home runs. He's going to run, score some runs because of his on-base abilities. Uh, not necessarily drawing walks, but not getting outs uh, with that 338 batting average in the last 30 days. So White Sox not even at full strength. It's very possible that Vaughn has a top 40 rest of season finish, in my opinion at least, for hitters. Not 40 overall, but top 40 hitters. I might be dreaming a little bit here, but Vaughn is riding a one, two, three, four, five, six game hit streak, including today on Monday. And, uh, you know, just overall with, with Andrew Vaughn, I'm, I'm loving what I see. Very happy to have him on my squads. And I think the ownership tag 40% could double, you know, come fantasy playoffs, especially with the hot streak like he's had in the last 30 days. If he hits five more home runs in the next 30 days, we're 100% going to see him jump in that ownership there. So Andrew Vaughn is someone I'm prioritizing. If I had to prioritize these players just to make it easier for you guys, I would probably go with Andrew Vaughn. Given the team context, I think that raises his floor a little bit, especially with the strikeout rate improvements in the last 30 days. He's... Uh, I would probably say about a 280, 290 hitter rest of the season. Also, that might sound crazy again too, but just the improvements I'm seeing, how hard he's hitting the ball, the expected marks, the elite skills, metrics that he has, I would not be surprised to see that. Also, uh, after him, I would prioritize Robbie Grossman and or Jorge Soler, depending on team needs. I think Soler is in line for 10 home runs rest of the season. He's been a victim of bad luck, Soler, that is, all season long. So it's really, really nice to see things fall in place uh, after prioritizing Vaughn, Soler, and Grossman. 
I would go ahead and take a look at Joey Votto. After that, I would take a look at Lamont Wade Jr. and or Max Kepler. I think with uh, you know with Lamont Wade Jr., I think you can't really be scared off by that ownership tag. He's playing out of his mind, honestly. And like I said, that 17% bill rate is insane. Strikeout rate's not terrible. The walk rate is almost 12%. That's excellent, especially for your leadoff hitter. That's going to give you a high run scored floor on that San Francisco team. You know, the homer to fly ball rate will fall for Lamont Wade Jr. So that's why I'm not really banking on him to sustain this level of home run production. But given that batting order position, the number of plate appearances you'll see, you know, that plays in his favor, at least for the counting stats. And, uh, you know, the home park doesn't really help out, obviously, for Wade Jr., but, you know, that's why you're looking at him for more for batting average, runs scored, um, some home runs sprinkled in there, given the lack of speed for Wade Jr. After that, I'll prioritize Jace Peterson over Rubnet Odor. Uh, but with Jace Peterson, I think that would be a little tenuous given the usage and games played the last five games, for example. For Peterson, with at least Odor, he's playing every day. He's hitting third or fourth. Uh, obviously, some regression for Odor, but I do see positive regression in Odor's profile as well. So I think, in a way, that can cancel everything out. So, like I said there, Andrew Vaughn, probably my top priority of this group. Uh, at least if I don't only absolutely need home runs, if I only need home runs, I'm going to take Soler. Otherwise, all around, I would take Vaughn as probably a four-tool player. Jorge Soler and Robbie Grossman, depending on team need. Grossman obviously giving you the speed. Five stolen bases in the last 30 days for Robbie Grossman. You know, that's going to play in, uh, I'm so sorry, for Robbie Grossman, four stolen bases in the last 30 days out of six attempts. So, uh, as I mentioned on the Twitter account with Grossman, doesn't matter where he hits, he's still running. You know, so I would take him over Soler second out of this grouping if I needed stolen bases. Uh, with Grossman, obviously, the batting average in the last 30 days is disgusting. Uh, I want to say about 205 or something around there, but the 196 BABIP doesn't match up with the 12% bill rate in the last 30 days for Grossman. So, obviously, with Grossman, as I mentioned, the fly ball rate is going to hold back that batting average, but if he's barreling balls up, he's going to clear some fences. He's still going to give you a decent batting average, like for Grossman, the 336 expected batting average. Obviously, that's uh, extremely high when you're hitting the fly balls about 50% of the time. But, you know, maybe like a 270, 280 batting average for Grossman rest of the season, you know, I don't think is out of the question. I think probably 260, 250 is more realistic, but you're getting him for the power, getting him for the stolen bases. It's going to be hard for him to score, score a lot of runs. But, uh, you know, if he is hitting first or third, you know, they do have some hitters behind him there that can knock him in. And by stealing bases, he's going to improve his chances of scoring some runs. And then, uh, you know, Lamont Wade Jr. is probably the safest of the lower tier players here, including uh, Peterson and Ryan Mountcastle. But, you know, Wade Jr. doesn't give you the stolen base upside as many of these other players. So definitely a lot of these players are going to depend on team needs. Ryan Mountcastle's rostered 68% of leagues. He's more of a, you know, a home run and a RBI guy hitting third or fourth in that Orioles lineup. So he's not someone I'm really prioritizing. I think I would take Wade Jr. over Mount Castle rest of season. If 
that helps. Lamont Wade Jr. only rostered 11% of leagues. Peterson, as I mentioned multiple times, we want to watch that usage and how many times he's sitting, but it didn't seem like he sat against only lefties. He, he sat against the righty, like I mentioned, and I think that, uh, you know, with the line drive rate for Jace Peterson, 22% about the last 30 days compared to 16.5% line drive rate in the entire season. So we're seeing some uh, some good things from Jace Peterson, in my opinion. So I would take him, given the speed, the five stolen bases, zero caught stealings last 30 days. He definitely has a lot of value there in uh, multiple formats. So Odor, probably the least likely I'm to add out of this group of hitters, but in a 15-team league or deeper, I think you could do a lot worse, especially hitting third or fourth. You know, he's out there in a lot of waiver wires, so Odor represents a decent bet, you know, for rest of season production. Four home runs the last 30 days, I think five to 10 for Odor is not out of the question as well, especially given the positive regression I see in that 5.4% barrel rate in the last 30 days and uh, the ground ball rate improvement. So these are some hitters I really have my eye on. Uh, I think that they're worth ads in multiple, nearly the majority of leagues. It just depends on your league size, your team needs. But uh, I hope this helps and offers you a little bit of uh, players that you can look into and uh, decide which would fit your team the most. Grossman, I think, uh, for on-base percent leagues, you need to prioritize 100%. The last 30 days, I will mention 22.1% walk rate. That leads 165 qualified hitters in the same span. So for Grossman, uh, he has a ton of value in OBP leagues. Uh, maybe not so much in head-to-head, -head, but given the speed, he's uh, you know 12-team. 12-team or deeper league relevant, 100%. So I hope this helps. I really uh, kind of just wing this episode because I am doing it alone. Hopefully, uh, you guys can give me some feedback or maybe share with me some players that you're curious about. You can always shoot those questions over to the Fantasy Gospel Twitter account. That's at fantasy underscore gospel. And you can always reach out to me on my own personal account. But I will be honest, I haven't checked in much this year been really focusing on providing quality content from the Fantasy Gospel website. If you do want to reach out to me, at M-Y-A-C-H-1 underscore 91. But like I mentioned, the Fantasy Gospel account is the best way to get in touch for quick responses. Uh, you know, that way you're not being left on unread and sitting there for a few days at a time. So I really hope this helps. Uh, I've learned a lot myself, and uh, I was fortunate to grab Grossman and Solaire. Solaire more recently, but Grossman at least a couple of weeks ago, uh, maybe even three weeks ago, and I've been enjoying his power speed binge. And uh, Wade Jr., Lamont Wade Jr., picking up a lot of steam. Jace Peterson, he's somebody who uh, I've added in some like 15-team uh, Roto Leagues. And uh, Odor, I recently added about a week ago in uh, TGFBI because I do need some power. So Kepler, like I mentioned, someone to watch. He's going to be on the move. If he moves down in the batting order, he's going to drive in some more runs. So depending on your team need, he could definitely, with that 17% bill in the last 30 days, offer a lot of home runs and a uh, lot of runs scored, or I should say runs driven in. And uh, Andrew Vaughn, that's my guy right here. You know, so... Rest of the season, I like Vaughn the most. I like Soler and Grossman. Those are my top three. Uh, in terms of floor, I really like Peterson and Wade Jr. 
right now at this very second, Wade Jr. over Peterson, just because Peterson sat through the last five, but Peterson does give you the speed, so if you need that, you need to take that into consideration and also watch his usage. I'm sorry if I repeated myself a bunch here. I'm just talking to myself, and I want to make sure to be thorough in these 45 minutes here. So like I mentioned, I really hope this helps, and I would love to get some feedback from you guys, answer any questions that you may have. If you have some players you're curious about, I would also love to include those in the next podcast episode. I'm going to be trying to pester uh, Carl and Brandon, try to get them on here so we can do it again together since it's been so long uh, this year that we got to do that. But I will definitely do my best to get out a pitchers-only segment, and we called that pop in the past, pitchers-only podcast. That's something I'd like to talk about. Some names I'll throw out. Some guys I really like rest of the season without diving into them at all. Kyle Muller just started today. Five innings pitch was the concern, whether he'd get past that threshold. Today we saw him get to five, and I think rest of the season, he has tremendous value, even though, uh, you know, it might be hard to believe, you know, especially with the Nationals being sellers, uh, the Phillies kind of being inconsistent, and uh, the Marlins obviously are on the downward trend, so... Kyle Muller, someone I'm prioritizing in 12-team team leagues or deeper. I would even stream him in 10-team leagues. This week, he should have another start. Don't forget, Carlos Carrasco will be coming back from the hamstring injury that we've been waiting all year long for. Uh, he struck out six on Sunday over three scoreless innings through 38 pitches. So just be aware that Carrasco will be on a pitch count for at least two, maybe three of his next MLB starts. But, uh, you know, rest of the season when the playoffs hit, he should be hitting a stride. And I think overall 65% rostered Carlos Carrasco is someone you want to prioritize, especially given his track record. He's someone who can give you a huge lift. I do want to shout out Tyler McGill, 28% uh, rostered. That should be 80% or above. McGill faces the Braves on Wednesday. And I uh, would not be worried about him, honestly, rest of the season. I think uh, he is uh, necessary to stick in that rotation for the Mets, uh, especially with the DeGrom injury, Thor being out. Uh, they had Michael Walker in there before, who's garbage. So McGill represents an excellent number three in that rotation, or number four behind Carrasco. And McGill is probably better than most teams, number four. So Tyler McGill, someone you want to prioritize, 20% roster, like I said. Also, uh, Kyle Moeller, as I mentioned, he's only 23% rostered. Those are two guys I really love. Daniel Lynch, I will say, I streamed him yesterday on Sunday, July 25th, 4% rostered for Daniel Lynch. He got destroyed his first couple starts at the major league level, but uh, one of the last updates that I did see on him, I believe it was Saturday night on the 24th, uh, his last two starts at AAA, fixed his mechanics, repeated his delivery, and by uh, having consistency in that delivery, I think that uh, he able to refocus. And we saw the results on the 25th on Sunday against the Tigers. Yes, it is a Tigers, but Lynch went eight innings. So no matter who it is, eight innings nowadays is definitely something to take a look at. Lynch does, or he's lined up to face the Blue Jays, uh, his next start on the 30th of July. I would be hesitant to start him in 12-team leagues or shallower, but in a 14-team league, you need to add Daniel Lynch because if he gets through that successfully with a quality start, for example, he will be a hot add. So Daniel Lynch, if he figured things out, I'm absolutely aboard. He's the top pitching prospect for the Royals. I think he's very underrated. And I know this year, the 
minor league prospect pitchers making their debuts. It's been very ugly, but with Lynch, he has the pedigree, he has the stuff, and uh, if he's figured out his inconsistencies, ironed out the wrinkles, I really love Daniel Lynch. And I'll just pivot real quick to closers. Ranger Suarez, 48% rostered in Yahoo Leagues. He's someone who needs to be added almost universally, especially if he is going to hold on that closer role. I think that uh, Neris did get that one save, but his next outing, he blew the save. So I think now the closer job in Philly is Ranger Suarez's job to lose. And uh, just going to try real quick to throw out a couple more names here before we end this. I want to give you guys some good content, something to uh, marinate at least. Uh, Enrique Hernandez, in the last 30 days, he's been barreling the ball really well. Uh, there's only a few, a handful of hitters with 10 barrels or more. Kike Hernandez is one of them. He's leading off for that team, only 65% rostered, second base, shortstop, outfield eligible. Absolutely worth an add, especially in uh, you know those on-base leagues. And uh, as I mentioned with Wade Lamont Jr., uh, Lamont Wade Jr., excuse me, leading off, you're going to see more plate appearances. And on the Boston, the Boston team, you know, you got Bogarts, J.D. Martinez, you got Devers. Those are all guys who are going to hit Hernandez in. So he's going to score a ton of runs rest of the season. That's someone I really like as well. Um, Tyler Rogers. You know, he's only 57% rostered, but he sees save opportunities. 11 this year. He's someone you can look at for saves. Uh, with uh, holds leagues, I will shout out Ryan Stanek. He hasn't got a ton of holds lately, but he looks much better, to be honest, especially since uh, the 1st of July. So he's someone I think will see more high leverage situations. Not necessarily saves, but for the whole leagues guys or girls. You're going to want to take a look at Ryan Stanek on Houston. He's also SPARP eligible. So if you have a ton of relief pitchers only, you can stick him in your starting position spot there. He's going to play as a reliever. Uh, one other guy I want to shout out is, so sorry for the pause. If you're playing in a dynasty league, Cade Cavalli, you know, he's somebody absolutely you need to add. 2% rostered. And uh, I would not be surprised to see Cavalli get a spring training invite next year, assuming there is a season. And I think uh, he could definitely shine. He's, in my opinion, MLB ready. He's polished. And I uh, would not be surprised to see him get a late season call up next year on a rebuilding Nationals team. But uh, Cavalli, Dynasty Leaguers, huge guy, tons of struck out upside. And uh, like I said, he's polished. So he could pitch at any level, in my opinion. He's someone that you want to absolutely focus on in Dynasty Leagues, Cade Cavalli of the Nationals. Uh, that's going to be it, I guess, for now. I could keep going on. One guy, I guess I'll say, from the hitter side in Dynasty Leagues, also 2% rostered, Heliot Ramos for the San Francisco Giants. He's an outfielder, someone that I have stashed in one of my keepers slash Dynasty Leagues. Also, Tristan Casas for the Red Sox, third baseman. Absolutely 1 million percent someone I see an extremely bright future for Tristan Casas and the Red Sox, 2% rostered. Casas and Ramos, two hitters I'm targeting there. And uh, Cavalli, and I will throw out the name Nick Lodolo for the Cincinnati Reds. I think Lodolo is uh, going to be called up next year, and I think he will absolutely dominate because, uh, you know, he's got extremely good numbers, good strikeouts, and I think he's got a very bright future ahead. 
for redraft leagues, one prospect name I will drop. Uh, now I'm forgetting it. I'm so sorry. Shane Baz of the Tampa Bay Rays. He's someone I could see getting a late season call up this year. You know, how the Rays, you know, like to manipulate players and pitchers. Maybe he won't uh, have relevance this year, but Shane Baz, Dynasty formats, absolutely 100%. Somebody I'm targeting. He doesn't walk anybody, strikes out a ton. And uh, I would really love Shane Baz if he gets called up this year. I would 100% take a flyer on him. He's one of the few prospect pitchers I just mentioned who I think could actually make a difference this year. 12% roster to Shane Baz. And uh, if the Rays do sell off some pieces, maybe some more pitching, for example, then uh, Baz could see his way to the rotation. And he's someone I think would be a must-add across all league formats. So I hope this was really helpful. I'm so sorry to ramble on the last 10 minutes or so, but I hope this helped. The hitters that I covered, I absolutely think they have some rest of season value. I think while a lot of hitters are hot right now, we're going to see a lot of them fizzle out. And these hitters I mentioned have some very strong rest of season upside in them. So please give us a mention, give us a shout out. Let us know what you think about these hitters. If you agree, disagree, want to hear about anybody else. If you have some pitchers you're interested about for a pop episode, pitchers only podcast, go ahead and let us know. And uh, I will do my best to drag Carl and Brandon on for the next podcast. Hopefully in the near future this week, I would love to do that and get back with some more consistent podcasting rest of the season to give you guys some help. Got about six weeks left in the regular season for a lot of head-to-head formats, and then the playoffs are going to start. So uh, trade deadlines coming up and stuff. These are some players you might want to target if possible. And uh, one guy I really do like rest of the season, I know I get a lot of hate for it, is Christian Yelich. Seeing some improvement. We're not seeing the same power as maybe his MVP years, but... Uh, you know, I do see some improvements, and I think the best is yet to come for Yelich. So I wouldn't be surprised to see his best months ahead of him rather than uh, the way he's been playing this year. So thank you guys so much for listening. I know it's been a while, but I really do appreciate it. I hope this was helpful. I really enjoyed doing the research and giving you my feedback on what I've noticed. And I hope that uh, you guys are in a good position. You're in a playoff battle, or you already locked it up. And Really, thank you so much, guys. Hope to hear from you soon. We're at fantasy underscore gospel on Twitter. Also, the fantasy gospel website. I'm going to try to put out some written content, www.dfantasygospel.com. But to be candid, not much has been updated on there in a few months. So just go ahead and stick around for the Twitter updates. We'll let you know if there's website updates, more podcasts coming. We'll ask you if you have any questions to answer on the podcast. And uh, thank you guys so much. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're staying safe, and I hope you're dominating your leaks. Take care, guys.